race car. I declare bankruptcy. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Depression. Isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out? Dwight, you ignorant slut. Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment as a child when we realized that the world could be conquered. You're listening to Great Scott, The Office Podcast. My name is Jay Ray, and with me is my deskmate, Jacob. Hey, everybody. How's it going? You're super well lit, man. I know. I'm out of the cave, sadly. I spent so much time and effort to make that thing good, and now I can't use it. That's, um, that's what you get for being old. Well, that's what I did. You know, well dust allergies, apparently. No, well, it makes sense. It's like, I never had allergies. Do what? I think your body's supposed to change every seven years or something. Uh, I never um, had allergies until I moved to Oklahoma. So <laughs> well, now I live in an old house, so it's kind of dusty, even though we do our best to keep it clean. Well, you're in the basement, right? Like, how clean can you keep a basement? That isn't like a finished basement. Right, right. Um, yeah. Very true. So, But anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about <laughs> the office. But, yes. you know, big congrats to our man, Jay Ray. He got married last weekend. Mr. Jay Ray Rivera. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Yeah. You seem like the progressive type to take your wife's name. Yeah, you know what? We had thought about it, and at the end of the day, we decided to take no one's name because we just didn't want to deal with the hassle of, like, correcting people for the next 10 years. Hey, now you get that sweet married uh, tax bracket. Yeah, well, I'm still in debt, so I think we've established that this first year we're going to file married individually. Like, you know, married, oh, filing separately. That's what it is. Married filing separately. Uh, so it's different types of taxes that they get taken out and stuff too. Right. Well, I know um, that's conversation for another time because I could go on. <laughs> but no, so we are in season seven, episode 13, The Ultimatum, directed by Dave Rogers, who won an Emmy for picture editing for a comedy series for the Office third season finale, which was, oh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, so he was, I guess, the editor for that one. And Carrie Kemper as the writer, who is the younger sister of Ellie Kemper. Well, there you go. So there's a little um, nepotism going on in the office. Oh, boy. Well, we know how that turns out in the office. <laughs> Someone's going to get spanked. <laughs> boy. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so what? We get our cold open here where Jim's walking in, but he's like in casual wear. It seems like he's left the office and has come back to the office because he forgot his phone. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm. Um, and uh, well, like, so questions, Jacob, mm-hmm. does he have a key to the building? Uh, I mean, maybe. In the past, we've seen that. characters get locked in, right? Because there's right. a gate that locks people in than the building itself. But, you know, it is now Dwight's the owner, so who knows if uh, what, the, what the things are. Maybe yeah. he's got 24-hour security. Maybe he lives there. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, just because obviously, so we know what happens. Dwight is there with his um, night guard folk. the um, Knights of the night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's fine, but, I, you know, he didn't know that they were going to be there. So part of me just wonders if uh, he must have had a way to get in already, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And so it kind of makes me wonder if, uh, like, how does Dwight have time to do all this crap? You know, like he, uh, yeah. he's always doing something. So he's like karate building owner, uh, you know, 
number one salesman, night patrolman. Yeah, it's too much. He's a Renaissance man. <laughs> Jerry is having problems with his microphone. <laughs> but yeah, in so yeah. typical Dwight fashion, they overreacted. Uh, he starts like making fun of whatever the dude's name was. And yeah, well, that's the thing, because Dwight assumes already that Jim's going to be, you know, aggressive in his humor against Dwight's, uh, you know, post-work time spent. Right. But then he ends up cracking all the jokes himself, and Jim just kind of sits there just taking like, it all in. Oh, you're making fun of his uh, his voice or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so Dwight is tasked with going through the agenda of the previous meeting where we find out that essentially they were testing out new flashlights that they had acquired. Those reflective strips. Oh, that's right. That's right. But that ended up playing flashlight. Uh, flashlight tech. <laughs> Which I had to have explained to me. You had to, really? Let's just tag with a flashlight. This sounds stupid. Well, you, you generally do it in like the woods mm. or something where you can like hide and like do stuff. And so you're look. it's more of a search in like a searching game instead of like actual like hide and seek or whatever or, or tag. Well, that's a, it's closer to hide and seek than the yeah, it's much closer to hide and seek. But you do it at night with your flashlight and you're looking around and trying to spot people. But what if you play hide and seek and you need a flashlight? Is that it's, flashlight tag? Essentially, it flashlight yes. tag? essentially, it's that's what. It is. Okay, <laughs> at least that's how I've played it in the past. Well, write us in if you if you have corrections. Which is not to be confused with Gestapo, which is a different type of flashlight tag. <laughs> oh. I see. Um, so let's see. But yeah, well, that, that's about it. And, that, you know, Jim ends up like walking into the room as they are enjoying flashing flashlights at each other. But um, yeah, Dwight closes the door on his face. Yeah, I just love how, how over over the top he gets. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so this, yeah, this episode is all about, in the last episode of Class Christmas, we knew about the ultimatum that... Holly was supposed to give to AJ. AJ about, you know, propose or else kind of thing. Yeah. So do you think that's a fair thing for her to do? Well, I do in a sense. One, I forget how long have they been dating, but I guess that doesn't really matter. Because uh, I mean, at least since lecture circuit. So like two years maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, um, you know, being married now for, <laughs> approximately nine days or so. Um, yeah, no, I feel like, uh, you know, when, when people are old and these guys are at least 40 or so, right? Um, you know, relationships, I think that the timing to get to know each other can get compacted. Because a lot of like the steps that we took in high school, like trying to figure out where you can hang out and stuff, like all of a sudden you're staying at the other person's house already, you know? Um, mm-hmm and already picking people up from the doctor after they've had some type of invasive surgery and seeing them all loopy, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of boundaries get crossed over. I think when you're in an adult in a relationship, pre-marriage that can like quickly get you to the place of like, Oh, okay, we should well, get and Plus, you know, by the time you're, you know, especially, well, you would hope by the time you're in your forties, you know what you want in a mate. They're pretty close. So it's yeah, more yeah. about seeing if this person's compatible and it's less learning about them, I guess. Yeah. Or not, not learning about them, but learning about yourself and dealing with relationships. I mean, I yeah. don't know if I like the proposer else, but I do, like, I could definitely see a very stern, what's going on here, you know? Yeah, because, like, again, because they're old, it's like, well, am I going to just waste my time here? Because, like, if 
Holly coming from a point where like she wants a family and we know she does. Right. Um, like, you know, at her older age, not that she's geriatric or anything, but it's obvious that any relationship she's in should be like leading towards something. Right. Right. Well, and especially, you know, in terms of the character, you know, in, in Holly's life, she knows her dad's going downhill. Yeah. Or is rapidly going downhill, it seems. Um, so maybe it's one of those things where she wants to see. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I ever, I don't know if the, the straight up ultimatum is okay, but this, I, I feel like this is an okay thing. Like, look, we got to figure out what we're doing. We, we you know. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that gives me, that lets me say that it's fine is that I feel like they've had a conversation like this before. Mm, it's not, yeah, it's so, not like just bringing it up for the first time. So you, so you think that like her and AJ have really talked about it and like, he's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do it. Just kind of win sort of thing. Right. He's like, yeah, of course we'll get married. And maybe. He, maybe. Right. And that's yeah. one of those things where, you know, it could be sort of like Pam and Roy, except you know, maybe, so they've been together for let's say two years. So maybe it was like nine months in, they were talking about, um, getting married and all the stuff. So it's been like a year and a quarter, or, you know, could have been a year. So yeah. yeah, I could see like, we, you know, wondering when that's coming. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, everybody in the office knows. So, uh, so like, yeah. did we assume Michael told everybody instead of Pam or did she like, no, Phyllis probably told everybody. But how Phyllis did Phyllis Kelly? find out? Because oh, she was in that group, yeah, right? Yeah, it wasn't just group. Pam. Okay, that's right. And Pam was the one who was trying to get away from that topic of conversation, right? It was and like, so it was that conversation happened in the annex, right? Yes, that's right. So Kelly was e- Kelly was either there or probably overheard, and we know she tells everybody. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't think Pam would have uh, shared all that information. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that makes sense then. Um, but Michael knows, like, because Pam did tell him. Right. Michael knows. He's like, a day that will live infamously. Yeah. Or infamously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's shooting this video and we've seen him do this before, but this kind of uh preparatory video that he could watch at a later date um, where like he's able to talk himself up or down depending on the scenario. So we see him while he's discussing worst case scenario, Holly is now engaged, right? Right. Um, he wants to skip over to the happy version of the video, however, where he's saying, yes, Holly's not engaged. He has a chance, which we end up seeing later. Right. But even in, um, like, even in Michael's own mind that, you know, it, as he famously said on Booze Cruise, BFT engaged ain't married. Uh, that's true. But that's, that's like the advice of a guy who is like cuffed to the side of a boat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> of course he's going to say that he's not really in the well it's not his like his issue right you right. know if he if something goes p- poorly between pam and jim it's no overall skin off his back yeah that's exactly right yeah i mean i, I think with jan probably being his first real like significant other mm-hmm. he you know he's just saying things probably based on his experience of rom-coms <laughs> so it's true speaking of rom-coms real quick i have to say a quick mea culpa because apparently i had spoken ill of what was that woman who uh, Nora Nora Roberts Nora Nora Jones (laughs) the the woman who writes rom-coms man we talked about it two weeks ago right I don't I know 
who you're talking about. I'm going to have to apologize again next episode for not remembering her name. Anyways, apparently she's won an Emmy and she did things like when Harry met Sally and some respectable things. And I had cast her off to the side as if she was some, you know, some chump. And I (laughs) I apologize to those of you who are upset. Hashtag my wife. (laughs) (laughs) So so Michael's doing all this stuff. He's like talking about how, you know, if she is engaged, he'll, probably kill himself and he's trying to tell himself that he shouldn't kill himself that's right or that um you know he, if she isn't he'd be so happy that he might burn the burn the building to the ground that's right yeah which you know i kind of wonder is that a bit of foreshadowing because when he, he decides he's going to propose he's mm-hmm. you know starts to ride it in gasoline in the parking um, lot yeah you know that's interesting because obviously too and maybe just because there's little options, but eventually when he does propose, it's with all those candles, right? Mm-hmm. So everything is related to fire. He so does like wonder, fire a lot. Yeah, if he has like a uh, a little bit of an arson in him, you know, if the Scranton Strangler didn't catch on, maybe the Scranton fire starter would have uh, <laughs> showed up. Well, you know, it's one of those things where, I mean, especially in movies, and especially movies he would be really into, you know, there it's always about candle. Like candles are romantic. Fire is romantic. Romantic things happen around them. Exactly. Just look at Joan of Arc. <laughs> um, I'm going so, to hell for that one. Yeah, that's oh, fine. You're going to hell. I'm just going to stay over here and watch. <laughs> that's that's reasonable. <laughs> um, so another storyline that's going on is that Pam, as the she's like the office manager, right? Is that right. the title? Um, mm-hmm. She's been kind of talking shop with the receptionist over at uh, Bob Vance Duration Alley or something. Right. And, uh, or maybe Sue, because you hate Sue very much. Yeah, it's, it's, no, no, Phyllis is a, hates Sue very much. Got it. Um, but yeah, so, you know, she does like fun ideas for their office and Pam's like, oh, you know, I don't do anything. I should do something fun. So she has this resolution card idea. So basically everybody submits like a little post-it note. Mm-hmm. The resolution they'd like to uh, fulfill by the end of the year. And um, yeah, so then we get to see what everybody chooses to uh, select as a resolution. Right. Uh, so like Ryan is live every day like it's an art project. Mm-hmm. Super douchey. Kelly's is get more attention by any means necessary. Right. Pam's is to quit caffeine. Yes, I believe it's to quit caffeine. Why would you ever want to quit caffeine? It's so wonderful. Yeah, it's supposed to be bad for you or something. I don't know. Oh, now I'm screwed. Yeah. <laughs> um, Andy wants to learn how to cook. He said, well, it says he wants to learn how to cook, but then he goes into the explanation that based on recipe, learned, he cooks too many. So cook to cook for one, right. Which, you know, is surprisingly hard to do. Yeah, I feel like Blue Apron or something, right? They got it figured out. Right. Well, the thing is, is like even just buying the raw materials, like they tend to come in larger your packages right. so it's hard to get just enough chicken or whatever for one person for one meal yeah you know? yeah that's true when you're cooking especially when you're single it tends to be like okay you cook four meals right <laughs> just, you know eat them throughout the week or whatever so you know it is really hard to cook for just one person yeah yeah um creed wants to do a cartwheel mm-hmm. um who wants to meet who's the first person who wants to meet loose women it's dwight right right because angela put up something about uh, spend more time make more time for love romance or something with a senator 
Jesus. Okay, keep going. <laughs> Sorry, like, you, you all have to watch the YouTube because because <laughs> Ray's mic is just falling and looping all over the place. Oh my god! I you gotta get some a little bit of wrench to tighten right. up those screws, man. That's what I need. All right. Yeah. No, it's true. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> Right, just so, hold it. Just hold it. I'm just gonna hold it. So yeah, no, she wants to make more time with the uh, senator and Oscar right. gives her some flack, state senator. Right, and then like Dwight's like, oh, this is all you have to do to be have a resolution. It's like meet loose women. Yeah, and then um, Andy's like, oh, I'm changing mine to that. <laughs> um, and then uh, so that storyline's happening, the resolution mm-hmm. storyline, and then there's this really awesome storyline with. Daryl, Andy, and Dwight. Right. Where they go to Barnes and Noble. Yeah. So Daryl's resolutions are to like read, read more. more. Yeah. So he convinces the two of them that uh the bookstore is a great place to meet women. Um, I believe, which is a a comment made in like 40-year-old virgin, because that's how Steve Carell's character ends up meeting Elizabeth Banks's character. Oh, that's interesting. I've I mean I've seen that movie, but it's been the since it, since it came out essentially yeah yeah no that's reasonable uh i love it but um so and really oh and then daryl actually is really convincing them to go so that one of them will drive and he can eat his pb and j in the sandwich uh in the car right right Coincidentally, um, he says 2011 is coming up straight daryl this is the same year that treat yourself 2011 uh, is first introduced. So just to give you a reference of what's going on in Pawnee, Indiana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And going, flashing back a little bit, cause we got to touch on it is we get this talking head with Aaron as she, she's helping Michael do these videos. You know, it's like, you, so she, she's got all this stuff like, you know, gummy bears, sad, gummy yeah. worms, happy scotch, which is some decent scotch. I looked it up. It's like, Fifty to seventy-five dollars a bottle, depending on where you go. I mean, that's well, fifty bucks is cheap for scotch, like a good scotch. Okay, but uh, so you know, that's both sad. Both are sad scotches. (laughs) Like that's a lot of booze, man. But we have this talking head with her, where she's like, either you know, she'll won't be engaged, and it'll be the happiest moment of his life, or he'll. He, she will be engaged and he'll keep from making a huge mistake or something That's like right. that. Yeah. And I just, I love the Holly hate from Aaron because it just, it's such pure hate. I, yeah. And, and based on nothing, he just, she just doesn't like her face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not a perfect 40. So Holly is coming in after this sorting. You know, there's fun things in that box like Michael wants a sponge to soak up. Right. And uh, she comes in and Mike goes for like the high five, try to be real sly about it, but Holly's wearing mittens. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he starts like trying to feel the texture of the mittens and she's talking about how they're like wool handmade, yada, yada. And everybody's doing this like train of following Holly into the annex. <laughs> um, he holds off into the kitchenette area and Phyllis and um, Kevin and Kelly, obviously, yeah, and yeah, Dwight's there. Yeah, yeah. Follow her into the annex, looking for a ring on her hand when she takes off her gloves, mm-hmm. um, which she doesn't have one, and she realizes what everybody's looking for, and she shows every ring finger. Right. Yeah, the, the ring finger flip off. And Kevin's like, right back at you, bitch. And right. he flips her. Because yeah, he clearly didn't, he didn't count fingers. He was just doing it. <laughs> yeah, I think the Kevin Holly 
dynamic is also very funny. You know, from star-crossed lovers to heated <laughs> rivals, it's crazy. Right, yeah. Like, do you, do you think they are, like, friends? Because you don't see much real interaction between them besides, like, when she first shows up and this. Yeah, I mean, because I feel like she was in Scranton longer the first time she was there. Like, oh, for I, sure. I, yeah. I get that sense of that. Um, mm-hmm. As opposed to now, I feel like maybe she's only there for like a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I don't know if any friendship she had had previously get rekindled, like when she comes back, because she kind of seems a little bit more isolated. Right. I mean, you got the first time she was in screen was probably about nine months because she was there over the summer. Over the summer, yeah. And then, you know, halfway through season five or close to it, right? Mm. So, you know, so she's probably there six to nine months. So she probably is friendly with everybody at this point. I mean, Oscar tried to set her up with someone. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Phyllis seems comfortable to ask her pretty pointed questions. <laughs> Phyllis, this is like peak Phyllis of just being a terrible, like nosy Nelly, yeah. you know, yeah. or busy Beth or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> but, uh, so there is no ring. Correct. Which, you know, at this point, um, like, so it's what, been a month since the since Classic Christmas? Maybe three weeks? Yeah, maybe three weeks. I mean, that's it a, shouldn't be that much, right? That's a short order to get an engagement ring, especially if you want, a, like, a nice one. Yeah, that's the thing, too, right? If she says it during Classic Christmas and then gives him the ultimatum that night, he's only got three weeks to start looking for that engagement ring or whatever. Yeah, you just... Do you, well, like I said, depending on how big you want, do you just have five grand laying in a checking account somewhere? Some people do. I don't. I certainly don't. I don't have five. I have negative five grand sitting at a, on a piece of paper in a debt person's office. (laughs) You get the joke. I have no money. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. Right. And I think this is probably just an editorial thing. Like, Right, right. Yeah, like obviously no I mean, ring. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it plays for the joke. Yeah. But, you know, that was my thought was like, man, that'd be a really fast term. Right. Uh, but so Michael's obviously happy. Correct. So he's listening to Pink, I think, and having a dance off with himself in the video. Yeah, and he's like, is that music? Are you dancing? And real Michael's <laughs> like, yeah. And he's like, all right, we'll dance right now. We'll calm down later. They have a dance off, yeah. Um, then he sprays Aaron with, uh, what is that, champagne? Was it champagne or at least or something? Uh, I thought he was like shaking a bottle. He was doing like the whole race car driver thing. <laughs> um, yep, and she was uh, she was enjoying it, basking in the glory that is his happiness. It's a little suggestive, but it's fine. Mm. Um, so that's that's going on. Uh, but then our, our three heroes end up leaving the office to go on their bookstore trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh yeah so like they're dictating aisles so what do you call it andy wants the like romance and fiction aisle which is probably a good pick probably um dwight wants the entire second floor also probably a good pick and daryl wants to talk to this old lady yeah he's like that honey behind the register's mind well one thing we missed was they um dwight no no you're right you're right but yeah but when they leave um they dwight wants to go to a strip club at noon on a monday well yeah yeah exactly right because uh you know daryl does what he does and 
when the two of them start talking to a woman, they pretend that they work there, which mm-hmm. is uh, not the most flirty approach probably. Yeah. So in defeat, they uh, drive by a strip club and Dwight pulls in to, uh, cause he wants to see some naked ladies, even if it's Monday at noon. Oh, couldn't imagine how terrible that would be. Uh, so you have a question for me here, Jacob, e-reader, real book, which do I prefer? Uh-huh. I'm going to answer it for you. Okay. Uh, Kindles, like uh, a Kindle white is good or the original Kindle. Um, any of those, like, you know, the screens where only the pixels of the letters are live as opposed to like a lit screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are great. They carry tons of books. They're easy to read, super lightweight, battery lasts forever. Uh, I would prefer that over a book. Any- okay. I'm still a book person myself. That's fair. Right. I do like for... I mean, I know they're not good for the environment. I have no, because it's technology, right? They're, they're, they're making all that stuff and all the pollutants into the air. So it's not about that. My ease as a commuter or whatever. Right. And, and that's the thing is like, it's just, well, I prefer a book. A Kindle's just so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I read like all of William Gibson, the Sprawl Trilogy, commuting to and from school on the Kindle. I was like, there's no way I'm carrying those stupid books around. <laughs> Terrible. So yeah, we end up in we end up in a conference room meeting where uh, Pam is trying to do something with uh, the New Year's resolutions, like trying to tell people, like, "Hey, look, it's just a goal. It's it's good if you improve, if even if you fall short of your goal, and all this stuff, right. you know." And she says something about like, "When you know, maybe by this time next year, I'll be down to one cup of tea a day or a week or something." And, Michael kind of loses it. He's like, but what about, you know, we can't do this. It takes too long. He's like, all right, you know, tells Aaron to go get something from the, like some vegetables for Kevin. Right. Like what office space has like fresh vegetables the way that she brings them out. <laughs> like she maybe Mike brought it for lunch. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, no. So uh, we, we get the famous like, oh yeah. New Year's dressing 1201. Floss my tooth. Teeth, boom, blood everywhere. <laughs> oh my God. I was cracking up so much during this episode. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it, but this episode is hilarious. Um, yeah. So yeah, Mike's just going on this rant about how if you say you're going to do something, otherwise you're like a dirty liar. And obviously there's a parallel here. He's really talking to Holly, but he's in Kevin instead. So uh, Right. Yeah. Not so subtly. Not so subtly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Kevin takes a stock of broccoli. He starts munching on the base of it, the uh, like that bright green part. And someone's like, why are you eating it like that? And he's like, this is a new food for me. Yeah, fun fact, I am like mildly allergic to broccoli, so I really can't eat it. Oh, my God. You're such a nerd. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Which is sad because I like broccoli. Yeah. It just it, hurts you know, to eat. <laughs> I was... Uh, I went to a Mother's Day lunch yesterday at a Longhorn Steakhouse. No? No. And I, and I got a steak... And I don't eat salad, salad. But with no salad, I was able to pick two sides. And during a day where I'm not trying a good eating, I probably would have got like French fries and mashed potatoes. (laughs) But I only got French fries and then I got steamed broccoli. I was like, yeah, I'm doing doing my job here. (laughs) All the French fries and I ate like two pieces of broccoli, but probably better than eating an entire plate of mashed potatoes. Yes. French fries and Uh, well, so Kevin's trying to eat it and it's just gross. And Michael's basically force feeding him at a point. Right. He's like, this is a new food for me. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's like, can I have some water? Can I have some candy? And Michael's just like shouting at him and Holly gets upset and she leaves. Michael sits down in frustration. Kevin spits broccoli everywhere. It's pretty gross. 
Uh, so obviously Pam's meeting kind of went off the rails a bit. But let's see, back with our, our, our musketeers there. They end up at a roller rink instead because, you know. You're single moms. Single moms could be there, yeah. <laughs> um, there's not. There's like, there's like a family there, but I'm pretty sure it's like a whole family, so not a single mom. Um, right. Well, one, one thing, you know, I have been very critical of Andy, but – uh, one thing I do like about him is his just, he's always optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, he's pretty desperate at the moment, you know, so he's really, he's desperate really optimistic. Bad. I was trying to be nice to your boy here. Okay. I mean, desperate's not a negative thing. He is desperate. What are you going to do? You know? But yeah. But when you, I don't know, desperate's pretty negative. When you're desperate, you make mistakes and you do stupid things. Well, he does and does. <laughs> Uh, uh, so even though they're skating Dwight ends up making a beeline for the strip club right in the skates in knee pads and elbow pads which I love that he just like does it right he just gets the he gets the elbow pads and knee pads it's like screw it fuck it I'm out (laughs) that's right Um, let's see so Mike calls people into his office the folks who he may have been overly critical to during the resolution. Holly is there probably just to mediate and make sure it goes well. Well, he calls it, well, yeah. Right, he has her in for real so that he can give his apology to them, Mm -hmm. actually to her. Right, he does a good job. He's like, you know, it it was rude of me and I just, you know, you got to know how important you are to me and all this stuff. It was really heartfelt, a little over the top. Creed ain't buying. He's like, I don't know, boss. That was pretty hurtful. He's like, it's too soon. But Kevin, you know, being Kevin, you just give him a nice big hug. Yeah. I got to say, Michael's apology, I thought it was like super smooth. Oh, yeah. It was great. It's really well done. And I don't think it was like stepping a line. Like, I think Holly heard it loud and clear, and I don't think she would have been offended by it. Right, right. Well, I think think the apology is what kind of, gooses her into breaking up with AJ or at least putting on a break on the break right which is what happens at the end which does is that a weird phone call that she has to make in the future when she decides to be with Michael like because they're on a break so there is that you know we're gonna get back together at least or we're gonna talk about it right and so she's gotta kind of call AJ and be like look it's over over yeah I mean because I don't know what their living sitch is back in Nashua, you know. They're, they're, they live together. Yeah, right. So, yeah, no, there's a conversation. Um, she's gotta, well, she's probably got to go get some of her stuff because she probably, my guess is that she would be, um, you know, short-term housing, you know, corporate kind of, they have those apartment complexes and stuff that are designed for short-term corporate people I and mean, that's where you think she'd be because it's just for the length of the trial that she's going to be there at least I mean, when she not, moves there right i mean not for nothing but the, like the scran have one of those places <laughs> between probably. there and wilkesbury probably no you, we, you're crazy the, i was I, just there yesterday that place is basically a forest there's like a block of where people live and it's just woods there's no room for corporate housing i mean when karen was there she was staying in a hotel as reference for someone who had been moved there because of a transfer right um i mean looks like there are some furnished apartments so maybe they did something like that i mean that's what i i mean if it, if it was a if i was doing it as a corporation i would do that like hey we'll just get you a furnished apartment we'll you know whatever talk to the landlord get a short lease or something 
But maybe she is staying in a hotel. And if she's staying in a hotel, she's got even less stuff. Right. Right. right? So, like, yeah. she's got to go get all of her shit from Nashua. It's only, was a six-hour drive. That's it. Only? Yeah, you could just listen to Life is a Highway the whole way there. <laughs> and then, well, the th- could you imagine how awkward that would be? Like, going to get your stuff. And you're yeah. there. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on what you're taking, cleaning out, like, half of this house. And... and then you got to figure out because they've been together for a while and presume presumably living together for a while. Right. So how much shit have they bought together? Because in, you know, if we go in sort of showtime, they're going to be in gay, like Michael proposes in like a month. Right. Right. So it's, it's not even like a, you know, we, we've been broke. We've been on a hold for six months. It's been a couple of weeks. Like you've just kind of figured everything out. So, yeah, I mean, that would be just terribly awkward. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I feel like that's just what happens when adults break up with each other. Like, because, again, those stakes are just so much bigger, right? Like, I remember in high school, this girl, I broke up with this girl, and she had my hat, and I never got it back. And her neighbor told me, like, a couple of days later that she, my ex-girlfriend had a bonfire. <laughs> so I was pretty sure that's where my hat went. <laughs> um, you know, right now you're 40 years old, and you're living with someone. And hoping that it's amicable, right? Right, right, yeah. That there's no bonfire. AJ's not setting Holly's underpants on fire or something like that. <laughs> of all the, you know, of all the relationships I've had, I've never set anything of my exes on fire. So at least, uh, at least I haven't done that crazy thing. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be cathartic or something, but I also think it's, uh, you know, destruction of property. So, <laughs> <laughs> Do you watch How I Met Your Mother at all? Yes. Uh, there's the episode in season two where it's before Marshall and Lily get back together with Ted, Ted Mosby architect. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And like uh, Marshall tells everybody that they have broken up. He's like, you should sue her. It's like anything that's been left at your apartment for over a certain amount of time is oh, yeah. legally it's, yours. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. It's true. I mean, that's how that goes. So yes, it would be incredibly awkward, but I, I feel like that's just a par for the course, as Jan yeah. would say. Um, yeah. So for whatever reason, we, we're back at the office and Aaron's doing cartwheels mm-hmm. and, and Creed very rationally just goes, oh, fuck you, fuck you, which is so fast. <laughs> it's great. It was so funny. I was dying. Uh, but, you know, Pam decides to chuck out the whole thing. So much for trying. Yeah. Which, I mean, um, at this point, like, she should know better with this group. Right. But this is a precursor because she does keep trying because she, like, in the future, she does the, well, in season eight with when Amy becomes the manager, it was her idea to do the, the fundraiser thing with, like, the thermometer that goes up. Right. Yeah. Uh, to get the tattoo on Andy and the chore wheel. Yep. With yep. the mini chore wheel. Right. Right. <laughs> so, you know, this is like, it's not her first, like it's her first attempt, but she doesn't give up. So you got to give her credit for, you know, keeping, keeping it going. I mean, she made up the job, you know, so she's going to do it as well as she can. That's right. Yeah. You gotta. <laughs> um, we find ourselves back in Michael's office and Aaron is checking out all of like the, uh, the happy thing. Or the, or I, think, I think he's throwing out everything, really. Essentially, yeah. But he does end up keeping the sponge. The sponge. He's like, toss the scotch. I'm like, oh, yeah. man. Yeah, too Granted, I'm not a Johnny Walker fan myself. I'm not a blended guy. I'm a single malt guy. Sure. Of, uh, but still, I mean, that's it's I mean, not bad scotch. 
Well, it's particularly funny too because Aaron also doesn't know any better. So Michael says, throw it out. If you were his assistant, you'd be like, oh, sure. And then you just put it to the side and take it home, right? Well, for sure, but yeah. She, but she doesn't know. And he says, throw it out. So she's like, yes, I will throw this out. <laughs> she puts it in the garbage. Yeah, I mean, Grant, prices have gotten better. But when I first moved here, that bottle was like 90 bucks. Crazy, crazy. I bought uh, four cases of cans of soda for $12. Yep. It was great. <laughs> I may die because of health issues, um, but my wallet will be happy. Dude, you got to get on the soda stream. It's where it's at. Get out of here with that. I've heard, I don't know what, but I've heard things. People say soda stream and it only sounds negative. I don't know what's going on in that. Dude, I love mine. I've had one for years now and I love it. You connect yourself with negative things all the time, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then, uh, yeah, then we retreated to a phone call of Holly actually delivering the we're on a break message to AJ. Yeah, that's that's such a brutal thing to say to somebody. Like, either break up with somebody or don't. Don't do this, like, we're on a break until, you know, until X point. Well, what's got to be particularly tough is, like, at this point, AJ knows about Michael. Right, right, right. Right. So it's like... uh, Yes, your your girlfriend's going on a break while working in the office of this guy who you know has a complicated history in your girlfriend's life. It's like, what's the break for? Obviously, right? He didn't show up to punch Michael in the face. Whole another Roy part two, you know? Right. Well, maybe it's one of those things where just like they've maybe had that um, where are we going conversation. Maybe they've had the maybe we should break up conversation too. Well, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think, man? Uh, this is a good episode. Like they're kind of, they kind of feel weird right now. Cause you can tell they're, you know, especially knowing where they're going, you can really see them just like laying the groundwork for it. Mm. Uh, but you know, it's a good, we get typical Michael, but we also get new and improved Michael in this. Yeah. So, but I like it. So I'm going to give it a 2.75 out of five except the Dave Matthews band does not rock. It's pretty meta, and we didn't really hit it, but, you know, Andy was listening to Dave Matthews band, only the deep stuff at the, at the roller rink. Yeah. And whenever I hear about the Dave Matthews band, I think of that bit from Futurama where it's like, the things I think when I'm drunk are true, yes, except the Dave Matthews band does not rock. Right. Uh-uh. <laughs> I love, it's one of my favorite things. Uh, you know, I gotta say, and uh, it's mostly based on my specific feelings about this episode the last time I, which was yesterday, I was under the influence and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so I'm gonna give this episode a 4.2 oh, out wow. of five um, strip clubs, straight up strip clubs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really like this. Um, I really like this episode. It's just like I said, it's it's a frameworking, groundworking episode. You know, getting. So Holly's back. Now we've got to transition her to being single. So now we're here. Um, yeah, we you know like there was a lot of great like ensemble moments. But Creed was just like on point. Everything he said was funny. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Daryl Dwight Andy thing is like a dynamic we don't see often. Like obviously Andy and Dwight. We've seen Daryl Andy. Um, and even Daryl Dwight is like very rare. So the three of them in this context as like these like wingmen of each other was just super fascinating to me. Like I, that's what I really appreciated that those online episodes with the accountants. It's just like, what do the other people in the office do when the right. principal characters are busy, you know? <laughs> uh, and they do funny things too. So it really got to me. 
All right, last episode of the episode, season seven, episode 14, The Seminar, directed by BJ Novak. You may know him as JB Novak. I'm just kidding. Ryan Howard. Okay. Uh, written by Steve Healy. Halley. Right. Who is a co-executive uh, producer on the series Veep. I don't know what an executive producer does, but he's one of them, apparently. Yeah, I think it's, it's all different. Some executive producers are really part of it. Some are not. So right. whatever that's worth. So this is when we start getting some of the big time uh, cameos. Right. You know, so we have the Ricky... The Ricky Gervais cold open. And since, you know, they're supposed to be essentially the same person, you know, he's got this super racist thing about an Asian person. And there's, he's talking with Michael. And he says, uh, comedy is where the mind goes to tickle itself. Yep. And uh, Michael just gives him a hug. Yeah. I got to say, um, you know, I think I was in college at the time. This is 2011. Yeah, I was just finishing college. It's my last year. And uh, young whippersnapper, that's me. Um, and I remember legitimately not knowing, like, we all knew Steve Crow was leaving this season, mm -hmm. but we didn't know what was going to happen, obviously. Um, so when I saw this cold open, part of me really, really thought, I was like, oh shit, like, we may get, even if it's just a couple episodes of a Ricky Gervais ran office. Um, yeah, that was a big thing floating around the internet for a while, well, yeah, after. yeah, after this cold open, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I like, I would have bet my life on it. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> I would have died. But um, yeah, no, and it's true. Like the new Michael's humor was still in line with David Brent's humor, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but David Brent is just, because you, you've watched the UK Office once, right? Not all of them. I need to. I know I'm just, slacking. Which, no, totally fine. But it, it's like, it's rough. It's like dinner party rough, but every episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh yeah so i don't really know how that would have played out but this cold open was just a nice like worlds colliding kind of thing right yeah uh so we find out we open up with andy he's having a seminar of some kind like how to grow your small business right how these paper salesmen have any clue how to grow a small business is beyond me yeah it's a weird topic uh, I pitched an idea like this uh, similarly to my previous employer about basically having like a, um, like a quote unquote training uh, because we sold products that they would need, um, you know, where we just say like, these are popular trends, yada, yada. And I stole the idea from the office, <laughs> nice. uh, um, which they, which they liked. I feel like that's really what it is. It's this thinly veiled sales pitch. You know? Right. Right. But like, why would you like a paper company is having like this thing like why would you even go right yeah i mean some of these people are like definitely just starting out like that credit card guy <laughs> right his, his plan is pretty thorough you know two cents on like all credit card transactions <laughs> Point two cents. Point two cents. right well th see the thing is like if if they it would make more just make more sense to me to like uh you know how to make like a sort of a how to sell mm. stuff Right, like if, if their small businesses were sales-oriented businesses, right? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, how to negotiate that kind of stuff. That would make more sense to me. Maybe that's, maybe that's part of it. But anyway, so, you know, he got the idea from going to something that was, you know, just a front to sell timeshares. Right. So he's spending his weekend in Boise, Idaho. Yep. Which, you know, that's got to be a terrible flight. 
Because you, so you got to go from like Philly. So you got to drive like two hours to Philly, right? Or however long it is. Fly to probably like Denver. Then into Boise, there's like all these like puddle jumps you got to make to get around the country to get to Boise. Yeah, there's probably a drive too. And there's probably like some dude or lady listening right now like, Boise, this isn't that far. But I did not mean to offend you if I did, but I don't know. My, my Idaho geography is not the best. I mean, I mean to offend you. <laughs> I'm a firm believer that if you're not in the coast, you're basically a bumpkin. <laughs> I mean, Jacob's like almost there already, you know, Pittsburgh is just too far, <laughs> just too far. It's on the wrong side of that state. Um, I'm, I'm just a good boy. I'm just a boy from Oklahoma, man. Yeah. So yeah. I am. Just so terrible. like we have this, uh, so Michael is going to help by being the plant. Right. You know, he's Mykonos. Which mm. I only realized watching this episode last time that it's basically an early version of Gru from Despicable Me. Um, I think. I'm pretty sure Despicable Me had already come out yet. I mean, then it, it had already come out. It had, oh, then it is Gru. It's yeah, like 2010. Gru so he, yeah, he was using the Gru voice yeah. a bit, which, I mean, I haven't seen the third one. The second one was okay, but the first Despicable, like, Despicable Me OG, was, I love that movie. I thought it was hilarious. You and millions of other children. But I don't get the fucking minions. I, this this is you know, we're going on the tangent here. I don't get the hype with the minions. I just don't get it. Yeah, but Jacob, banana, <laughs> fart noises. Like I get they're insanely marketable, and probably to ten, eight, and ten year olds, they're great, and that's why. And but I know I shouldn't be like analyzing a children's movie this closely, but I just don't get it. <laughs> And that's why. That's why Great Scott will never be a brand that Disney wants to buy. Because <laughs> well, they want to buy everything. Just don't get how to market. All right. But so like Andy's warming up for this seminar, yeah. right? right? And he's doing like these high knee jogs and like Jim's there like holding his hands so he can like slap his knees against him. And Jim loves the idea, you know, you know, or as Andy put it, Tuna Turner loves the idea. Of course. <laughs> Classy. And someone walks in the office and Jim Free. Yeah. Um, yeah, just some young white guy walks in and there's some air of recognition and uh, Jim starts ducking and says, Andy, I can't do it. Like immediately after declaring how great an idea and how happy he was. To He's like, yep, I got something out of, out of the office. Bye. <laughs> He's just, poof, gone. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and we find out really that he had a whole team of people andy did Mm -hmm. Um, dwight was going to be there phyllis was going to be there stanley was going to be there but uh as they start to meet some of the small businesses that come in they all bail out as well Mm -hmm. yeah because we meet the credit card guy who is like i i act as an intermediary yeah um there's uh yeah buy mine shafts (laughs) right which you know if you buy if you if you use the space as like storage for like bad things, which is they'd use a lot of mine shafts for for like nuclear runoff and stuff, right? Um, you know, not the worst thing in the world, not the worst idea in the world. True. Um, yeah, I mean, just they're they're like just super underprepared as like business prospects for the sales team to feel like they want to commit anytime. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so Andy has to 
create a new team, basically. Which is the rejects. It's Creed and Kevin and supposed to be Ryan that turns into Kelly. Right. It, we have this uh, B storyline where Aaron is playing Gabe in what I assume is Words with Friends. Yeah, whatever internet scrabble thing is happening there. But she's got like this weird, like, like I'm looking at this phone, like 2011 iPhone's been out for quite a while. I, I think like the iPhone 4 was out by this point. Hmm. And it's just like, what what phone can run this? <laughs> you know, like, what, 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 do you have the internet on this phone? I mean, I had an early Windows phone, like pre-tiles. It was called like the Windows Shadow or something stupid. Worst phone ever. But it did have like internet capabilities. So I wonder if it was some semblance of playing like this game in like a browser. Let's see. Yeah. So the iPhone 4 was already out by the time this episode aired. Um, But man, that's, yeah. But anyway, so, and Gabe is just crushing her. Yeah, that's right. Which a lot of people are like, oh, you're smart when they talk about like playing Scrabble and stuff, which, yeah, you got to know a lot of words, but it's also about knowing how to play the board. Right. You know, how to capitalize or block certain things and yeah, how to put certain letters on certain bonus marker areas or what have mm-hmm. you. <clears throat> right. But, um, so, you know, so and or Pam's like, hey, I can help you. She's like, what is Ka? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jacob's dying too. We're all yeah. having trouble. I was juggling my microphone. Jacob looked like he was about to puke. It's all great. Well, yeah, we're going to start talking about that one soon. Uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah. And, Oscar being Oscar, he jumps in and he's like, Hey, he that you know, Gabe's gonna destroy you. Right. So, you know, uh, you know, she played Moo. He's like, Well, you had to D, why don't you play Mood? And immediately she's like, Ah, oh, of course, like a cow mood past tense. <laughs> right. He's like, they don't have to be like, oh, oh, moon. The cow jumped over the moon. Like right, they don't want right. to be cow themes, like I'm playing to win, Pam. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, right. And then um, another word that she has is jump. jump. Is jump a word? You know, like, I jump you. Yeah, yeah. Um, which works for any type of said phrase that actually isn't a word. Just using <laughs> it as a verb. Well, it's something like anytime I can play jump, because me and my wife will play words with friends back and forth. And it's just like, you know, it's like, it's like bullshit. It's, jump is totally a word. Right. And so right, we always yeah. have to like send a text like, the screenshot like oh this is, should be a word yeah 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 um yeah so we find out that gabe is into horror movies like so obviously we've talked about gabe's weird mm-hmm. horror porn whatever thing he watches but this is the first time the audience is introduced to it uh so aaron admits that she's th- seen things like the ring uh and other stuff the ring is the one that pops out to me That's right like, which like weird stuff too of of the movies on the list the ring seemed the least bad yeah to me i guess what it was because part of me wondered like what if it was like the japanese version or ring you or whatever it was yeah uh you know kind of hinting at his because we also know too that he has all those like weird essence of seahorse <laughs> stuff so yeah, right. yeah gabe's stuff. a weird dude yeah yeah i don't know i'm not a big horror movie guy myself me neither uh aaron is also not a big horror movie guy so um so she wants to win so she can watch something nice wally i believe is Mm -hmm. right because yeah they start talking shit to each other she's like this one movie is like takes horror to a whole new dimension and she's like well if i win we're gonna watch wally which takes 
color to the whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Ryan has some serious stage fright, so I think that's about like the commitment issues that he's having. He's like, I can't, can't do it on such short notice. And he's like, all right, well, don't worry about it. He's like, well, I can't not do it. Right, and I think this really foreshadows Florida, where he yeah. freaks out, where, you know, it's like, no, I just can't do it. Uh, and we, I think it's when we really figure out that, like, or start figuring out that Ryan's got some serious issues. Yeah, yeah. He he needs a good therapist. I mean, also, he's just recovering from drugs, too, right? Well, that was, what, season four, so it's been a couple of years. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. you don't really recover. You just, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things, like, it's later. always there. Right, that's right. So Kevin is the uh, the opening number for mm-hmm. uh, the seminar, and he stands in the back of the room and plays Crazy Train on a boombox. Right, and like he it, waits after all the boom, boom, boom. Right. Yeah, and you know he's probably like in his head. He's thinking like a concert with like the lights like flashing and stuff. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> doing all the cool stuff. Which I always thought like the lead up, the Crazy Train and the actual Crazy Train song was like the biggest letdown in music. Like this lead up is like all time, right? Like the the first 15 seconds of Crazy Train is like all time great. And then it just kind of settles into this like thing that's okay. Yeah, this weird like, it's really like what we'd say is bright. You know, it's kind of like this, it's almost upbeat, the music Mm -hmm. uh, when compared to like the (laughs) heaviness of that like bass intro. Right. And, you know, he's just like looping this room through the aisles of these like 16 chairs. Yeah, and yeah. he he goes way too hard, way too fast. Yeah. So he, he starts huffing and puffing and he's trying to deliver his inspiring speech. Dream as big as you can, then double it. And he's like on the floor, red face, starts throwing up in a trash can. Well, because while he was skipping, he was also eating like a peanut butter jelly pocket or something weird like that. So oh, was he or some shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah. So it was all, all bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. He starts puking into the thing and uh, suffice it to say, I don't think it leaves the impact that it was hoping for. <laughs> uh, then we're introduced to the business bitch, which is a persona that Kelly is trying to uh, create based on like her. Yeah. Everything creative. you got to market yourself. So the yeah. business pitch, the yeah. shopping bitch, the something else bitch. Right. And uh, yeah, obviously we're expecting Ryan, but Kelly comes in and um, it seems like another missed opportunity, but she ends up calling a professor Mm -hmm. uh, who thinks it's a booty call call. Right. So like you really get the sense that she was like boning this professor when she was doing her executive training thingy for Saber. That's right. Yeah. And, um, but she kind of steers him in the right direction and says, well, I just need like top 10 business ideas or whatever mm. he's like well there aren't really 10 <laughs> she's like please you know that weird like oh we'll probably bang again later kind of voice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah and he starts listening off some stuff that as it sounds right on paper yeah i mean it's pretty basic stuff know your market be fiscally responsible yeah yeah <laughs> you know really basic stuff right right um what what's 26 here jacob oh so they're trying to help um or Pam and Oscar trying to help Aaron and Oscar gets really pissy about the cue and Pam's like, Oh, that may not be the best play. And like Oscar's like, just put the cue there. Like you're all up in his like all up all up in like crazy about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um so he's like, there's she's like, there's no theater in that. It's like there's no 
yeah. Like there, there's no uh, there's no yelling in that either. So um, Holly is trying to help Michael with his character. Right. So it's also crazy. You just got to say because like Mykonos is not at this thing from the beginning. He shows up after this break they have. Well, I I got the feeling that they because he wasn't in there when Kevin was puking. Right. I, I got the feeling that when everyone bailed, so did Michael, and then he came back. That's just, that's what I got. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, he just I don't think he was there when Kevin was doing what he was doing because. Michael steps in when Andy starts throwing, like blowing it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he also would have stepped in once Kevin was like skipping at all. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so, so she's like, just, so obviously a plant, I guess, is my mm-hmm. problem. So yeah, it's like, so what, what do you do in your spare time? You can ask, oh no, practice Olympics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, my favorite movie is Greece, or as we call it home. Yeah, yeah. It's all very funny. <laughs> Um, of all the characters, I I like Mykonos. I th- I think he's like he's subtle enough that it's not just so cringy. Yeah, I mean it's still offensive, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's not like ping offensive. <laughs> and Holly like starts getting into this, where yeah, so they go like we have to try this out. Right. And they go down to the caffeine corner with Hank and. Um, so she's not going to be a part of it. And then Michael's like, hello, I would like a Greek Chino. And she just cannot help herself. She jumps in and is like, oh, that's a strong coffee with milk from a goat. Yeah, well, part of me feels like, too, she was, like, kind of saving him because he's just, like, talking or whatever, and Hank is obviously not playing off of anything. I mean, it's hard because Hank knows Michael. So even if he gave a damn, he, I don't think he'd play along, you know? Right, but I, I don't know. Part of me really thinks that, like, she wanted to jump in because we we established how dorky she is in season five and how much she loves to do this kind of stuff. Well, she does end up going into the meeting with him later, right? Right, but yeah. but she starts playing as um, Spiros, yeah, something, something like that. Yeah, uh, during this, he's like, "Oh, you can talk again," and all that crap. Right, right. Um, yeah, so they're they're kind of jiving off each other in Greek or whatever. And it's like one of those weird things. It's actually kind of like um the was it the murder in Havana or whatever? Um the murder episode with um Andy and Aaron flirting each other with each other in character. Right. And then like everybody not being clear if there's like a real world component to it. <laughs> right, which makes right, right, right. Which which makes sense. So they uh Andy brings in Creed. Yeah. Who's like let me describe a person for you. You know, two eyes, two ears, a mouth, two nipples, ten fingers, a penis, something else. Who have I described to you? The Loch Ness Monster. That's Cap- right. <laughs> Reward for his capture. All the riches in Scotland. Yeah. Um, which is also a great business plan. I mean, where are you <laughs> going to get your startup capital? Obviously, cashing in your Loch Ness Monster find. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, that would be totally, I would love to find a Loch Ness monster. Um, but we, um, so we get kind of a peek at one of the small business owners, right? They come mm. up to use Jim's desk uh, to check some whatever. Email. Apparently, the computer is just open. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I will say business owners of any size do have this like self important thing going on, which I mean, I guess I get, even though they're small fish. Right. So I, I that's what I just figured was on there. But like I would, 
maybe someone logged him in as like a guest, but like most companies have like that timeout, like your computer has to lock after a certain number of idle minutes. Because where has Jim been? He, well, we've seen him down like kicking a rock and listen to sports radio because he's hiding from, what's his name? Tom. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's been in his car. He's been outside. So yeah, he hasn't been. Mm -hmm. So you would like, maybe it's just the lack of security and it's open or whatever. And we don't know. Maybe he asked, maybe he was like, Hey, uh, can I use this computer? And Dwight's probably like, sure. Right. So he doesn't care. Um, Yeah. I mean, again, it's another one of those editing things where there's like, let's just get here so we can say this thing. Right. And we find out that he is actually a guy whose business is actually growing quite well. Mm -hmm. He's Um, learning to like sustain manageable growth or something. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Dwight kind of gets the sense like, oh, like this is actually someone Mm -hmm. useful. Right. And yeah, so he, so they they try to jump back in and Daryl pulls Andy out. He's like, hey, if they want back in, there's something good in there. Yeah. I mean, let me just take one step back just because I like the way Daryl approaches it. He does his throat clearing thing to get Andy's attention. Uh, which yes. works and Andy does go over, but instead of thinking it's like a secret thing, he's like, Hey Daryl, do you need a lozenge? Like he's <laughs> just trying to be a good friend. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah, no, but he kind of gives Andy the, the skinny on what's really going on and Andy gets the gist. So he decides not to take back these people. It's like, thanks. And I'll keep that on advisement for next time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one thing we um, learn about Andy is and why he's a bad salesman is he can't close. Yeah. Like he does, uh, you know, not like Dwight who's just like, sign it, sign it, sign it. You know, right. he doesn't, he has a hard time with the hard sell. Yeah. Um, but well, so yeah, so, so we'll get there then. But then, um, and nope, Jim tries to call Pam over to get him something or say something or whatever. But Pam like kind of puts her foot down. It's like, you got to tell me what's going on here. So we find out the backstory between Jim and Tom. So back when they were in the third grade, they got put in different reading levels. Right. Um, it, Jim's mom wanted Jim to hang out with more of the kids in his reading group because it was a good, uh, be a good influence or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he says, um, what was it? Um, my mom thinks you're too stupid to play with. Yeah, something like that. Like, we want things are too dumb to hang out with or something. Right. And so, but so this guy has been harboring this grudge, which we find out later for like 30 years. Right. Probably. Well, maybe not 30, but a long time. And my thought was like, why is he not pissed at Jim's mom? Well, because so I, I think the scene plays out in a bit of a twist, right? Because the joke is that Jim is concerned about this thing that happened for when he was eight or whatever. Right. Um. And really now we're looking at a bunch of 30 plus year olds. Theoretically, that's water under the bridge. He's worrying over something stupid. Uh, But then we find out, as you said, that Tom also was holding on to this thing. And he, in a super villain like way, really held on to it and decided it is what makes him hate Jim. Um, And I think, yeah, it's just like, there's no reason for Jim to have felt as worried as he was. There's definitely no reason for Tom to be as angry as he actually is justifying Jim's concern. It was just like, right. I don't know. You, you gotta, yeah, it's just weird. Like you would think that like, since these guys went to school together, they would have gone to school together. Yeah. Well, exactly. Like how many so like, why are you like in fifth grade? Be like, Hey, I'm sorry about that or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so that is that's just a weird thing to me. Yeah. Like why 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 was he pissed at Jim and not the mom, who obviously said you're too stupid, you know? No, well, I mean that makes sense to me. I mean, if a guy's going to hang on to this thing for twenty years, then I wouldn't expect him to be logical about why he'd be upset. Fair it's enough. It's crazy that he's mad, you know? <laughs> so why not have him be wrong at who he's mad at, too? But yeah, he's all fair like, enough, fair enough. Call, he calls him like Zuckerberg and that this place. Hey, where's your jetpack, Zuckerberg? Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a secret lab or something. Yep. Mm. Um, and Jim leaves and it's awkward and it's great. Um, so Aaron's game also comes to a conclusion. Mm hmm. There's a word that Oscar has discovered and he wants Aaron to play it. Right. And she like she plays ape instead of ap- apoplectic. Ap- ap- apoplexy? Ap- yeah, something like that. Yeah. And it was just like, why didn't he? Well, I guess this was established because there wasn't theater in it. Why didn't you just say put these letters here so you can play and win instead of not telling her what he was looking at? Right. Well, part of me wonders if... Uh, because that's the thing. We don't know what the shape of the board is, right? Because presumably one of these letters was on the board. Right, right. So, so like, I wonder if she was spelling apoplexy wrong because she went with the E. Mm-hmm. And then going back down to grab another letter, she accidentally hit submit. I don't know. Like, is, yeah, did she put the wrong word or did she mess up? Mm, so maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but Ape has nothing to do with cows. <laughs> It's true. Ape has nothing to do with cows. It doesn't really seem like her MO, you know. Mm. Um, anyway, so she loses, and that's terrible. Um, then balls are on the outside. Um, gosh. So Mike um, like pulls Andy out of the meeting because Andy's kind of he's kind of being real light on the cell. He's like, "Well, you have my number. If anybody wants to buy from me, call me a later time." But that's not like closing. Like you're giving your customer too much of a of leeway here. Right, and so he's like. Get your head together, get in there close. That's right. Yeah. It's nice and it's fatherly or whatever. In like a way where like it doesn't seem like Mike, the regional manager, is saying, Hey, you're my employee. You have to do a good job. It seems more like Mike, the mentor. Right. Like, right. Like, mm-hmm. You're worth you could do this thing. Which is like again, it's like a back to back nice Michael moment with his apology from the last episode. Um and then he immediately goes into the meeting saying he'll stall. And his stalling tactic is Boy, this guy's taken forever. <laughs> yeah, just starts ragging on Andy, which, which yeah. is pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, so, but Andy gets some sales. We, I don't think the golf guy bought anything, but maybe he did. Who knows? No, it was the credit card guy, and I think the lady who I forget which is. Yeah. Um, but then he immediately goes, "The rest of you, you're dead to me." <laughs> and Michael's like, "No, no, don't do that! Don't do that!" Yeah, and then he tries to save it or. Mm. And so it, we get this talking head where they're like, uh, it's Michael and Holly as their characters. And they're like talking to each other. It's like, oh, how about a kiss? And so he goes to try and kiss Holly. She's like, oh, no, I got to go. And he's like, oh, time for grapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, this was a fun day. Yeah, it's a nice moment, but it's a little creepy. But right, it was like this thing where like, is it Mykonos and Spiros kissing? Is it Mike and Holly? Right, right. And Holly, I don't know. <laughs> it could be either. Dealer's choice. Dealer's yeah. choice. <laughs> um, so lastly, we find out Gabe trying to find a middle ground. Pick some crazy horror movie where robots are killing people. Something right. That's worse than like, yeah. 
And yeah. Andy drops Shrek 2. She's like, oh my God, there's a Shrek 2? Yeah. I'm like, there was, granted, she may have been young when Shrek 2 was out, but like there were four four other Shrek films that had come out at this point. Aaron had to have seen marketing for one of them. Right. Well, I mean, unless she thought they were all the same one. She's like, wow, Shrek has really taken the nation. <laughs> she thought it was just the same Shrek. Um, but yeah, you've got here Shrek 2, Shrek the 3rd, Shrek Forever After. Yeah, and Puss in Boots, which I'm not sure when it came out, so it may not have come out, you know. Uh, At that time in 2011. Yeah, and obviously now there's a Puss in Boots Netflix show, I think. Yes. Or is it who? Yeah, I think it's Netflix. I think you're right. Um, but so it's this nice moment between Andy and Aaron where like, again, Aaron's kind of a dunce. Nothing against her. I like Aaron, the character. Mm. But I don't know if she... Actually, I think it's like a genuine moment between. I don't think Andy's trying to make a move, and I don't think Aaron takes it romantically. Right, I agree. I, I mean, I yeah. think that like, in this is I think is a good show of why Aaron dumped Gabe eventually. Yeah, is because he never really did anything for her. Right. So this is like the fourth time he's won. He hasn't picked a single movie that she would like. You know, he's. Seems like a selfish, at least the time, you know, when we see him as the boyfriend, he seems really selfish. Yeah, yeah. Like, because we, uh, there's this scene earlier in the, the episode where, you know, she's, he's, she starts playing all these good words and he's like, maybe she's like a slumdog millionaire kind of thing. And I got this feeling like she, he treats her as stupid. Yeah. Or right. naive, which granted, she is pretty naive, but it's, it's more of a, yeah, I don't want to, it's more of a, a an older person, younger person dynamic in their relationship instead of two equals. Right. But it feels like, where he's like, oh no, sweetie, let me explain. Yeah. You know, that kind of relationship instead of a, you know, equal relationship. And so I think that's why it's, I think we, we see, especially here, this is one reason or maybe the, the main reason they broke up is because he's just so selfish about things. Right. Also, I think when they hug, she said something terrible about him during the Dundies in this scene. <laughs> he's all bones or he's so cold or something or it feels like hugging a corpse. I forget, but it's really, it was harsh. We'll get there. But it <laughs> right. was very negative, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so what did you think, man? Uh, you know, it's an okay episode. Uh, so in, in the progression of... Um, Michael and Holly. Last episode, so Classic Christmas gets her back. Last episode got her single. This episode gets her back into playing with Michael. Right, and like right. there's this really good, like brief talking head after the whole thing down the caffeine corner, where she's just like sitting out there smiling, and she's like, I don't know. Yeah, right. like she she is it's like she's incapable of escaping or incapable of being pulled into Michael's orbit. Right, like right. she just wants to be there so bad that she just can't, can't, can't not be there. Yeah, I mean, because uh, yeah, we already had the picnic, didn't we? No, we didn't. No. Uh, but, um, so but, this this sort of gets that. No, we must have had it. Where which one? The picnic pic- where where Cece is announced to be like Pam is announced to be pregnant. Was I there for that episode? Did we ever talk about that? We must have. We must have. When they yeah. were doing the Slumdog Millionaire thing. But similarly, you feel oh, like Holly... Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, season five. Yeah. Apparently season five. But Holly is like the smart one, right? Like right. She does the things that Michael does, but she comes from a place of like logic and understanding regular mm. human emotion. Uh, but to your point, they do this Slumdog bit, which is like so clearly terrible. 
and I don't, th- and I think she's blinded to that fact because of her interactions with Michael. Like right. to her, it's like just the good old days, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so, so this, you know, this episode gets us to they you, you're pretty much like, okay, they could be back together They're You have that dynamic, that synergy. Um, so, I mean, I like the episode, but it's, you can tell we're building. Yeah. A bit, so it feels a little thin. Like the whole thing with Andy is just kind of there. Yeah. Um, like if it feels like it was supposed to be more, but then they were just like, "Screw it, we don't have enough time," so they cut some of it. Well, I mean, there may, the Aaron thing is going to happen soon because Aaron leaves Gabe at the Dundies, which is before the end of the season because Mike right. is still there. Mm. Um, right, so yeah, I guess it's just like starts putting a lot of stuff in motion. Yeah, but like you said, maybe it's just too much. Like maybe we should just focus on the Michael Holly thing for like an episode whole. Right. And then like let these other things happen a little mm. later or a little sooner or something mm. just to parse them out better. But yeah. So but yeah, I gave this two point another two point seven five out of five moose and milks. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, you know, same thing. I watched this episode back to back with the other episode, and I was under the same influence I was before. Uh, <laughs> Possibly so, more. Uh, yep. I, so I thought it was just as hilarious as last time. So I gave it a three point two out of five because the cow jumped over the moon. I mean, we pulled the same references, <laughs> but it's uh, they're they are the ones. They're the ones to hit. Oh yeah, I mean the cow. Right. You got to hit the cow. So, but. Um, Thanks for coming out for this episode. Uh, we are a member of the Broken Jars Broadcasting Network. Check us out at Broken Jars at XYZ. Uh, you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Broken Jars. You can email us, brokenjarsbroadcasting at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at, at Jacob Ingalls. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tweets of JR. Changed it because I am now officially a social media manager. Uh-huh. So I wanted to create another social media profile that is more appropriate tweets of jr which is my old one i've had since college so who knows what crazy stuff i've said (laughs) and when you turn your account private it like only goes so far back oh i didn't know that yeah yeah so and i wanted to keep my handle because it's my name so Mm. there is another account that has two tweets on it that is also j underscore ray if you wanted (laughs) (laughs) nice 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 yeah well thanks for coming out and we'll see you next time peace